Hey Bulldogs, it's Nina Viglianti, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. I am a sport and exercise physiology major of the sales class of 2025, and I am excited to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing DSU students about the endless possibilities beyond graduation. Get ready to be inspired by our stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journeys. Now it's time to introduce this week's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this special edition of Beyond the Tassel. My name is Nina, and I'm here with both of my parents, Sheila and Anthony Viglianti, and both of them are coincidentally alumni of DeSales University, so I'm going to let both of them speak on their majors, when they graduated, and what their graduate lives were like, and other questions. So, Dad, how about you go first? Hello, my name is Anthony, like Nina said. I am a 1995 graduate of DeSales University, uh, where I earned my Bachelor of Science in Mathematics. And then I earned my Educational Leadership Master's at East Stroudsburg University. Okay, Mom. I'm Sheila Viglianti. I graduated in 1993 with a Bachelor's of Science in Chemistry, and I earned my master's degree at DeSales University in 2001 in Chemistry Education. See, that's where I get all my smarts from. I'm just kidding. But as you heard, both of them are teachers. So where did that lead you guys? Like where did, after DeSales and after Dad, East Stroudsburg for you, how did you get started in the teaching scene? So, Mom. I actually started before my master's degree, right out of college, right after I got my bachelor's degree. I got a teaching job in Baltimore, Maryland, because at the time I have an older sister that was living there, and I decided to look for jobs there as well. But I got my interview because I went to a job fair that was hosted by DeSales University, and that's where I got hooked up with somebody from Baltimore County Public Schools, and that was my first job. Nice. Dad, how about you? Um, I got into the field of education because my older brother was a uh, school teacher, and his wife, my sister-in-law, was also a school teacher. So um, I did a couple of uh, field experiences with them and uh, thought that it would be a great career path to take. And so um, that's why I chose to get into the profession. Um, and then once I took classes at DeSales, part of the uh, requirements was to do a um, student teaching experience. And I did that at uh, Nazareth High School in Nazareth, PA. And uh, it just seemed like the perfect fit. Oh, that's good to hear that you guys both kind of like wanted to do teaching like when you were in college. Because I know a lot of people like switch their majors from teaching and stuff, but I know mom, you were a little different. I didn't want to be a teacher at first. I was going to go to grad school for research in chemistry or something along those lines. And then one of a very smart professor, Dr. Berg, who I believe is now mostly retired. He's still there, he still teaches. He told me he thought that education teaching would be a good fit. And so here I am almost 30 years later, still teaching, so. Smart guy. Yeah. He still teaches, I believe, the intro chemistry classes. So he's still doing Chem 101 and 102. He does switch off with like 103 and 104, but he's still there. Of course he is. <laughs> I think he's an institution at DeSales University. Yeah. So as you guys said, you did like student teaching opportunities. I know, Dad, you touched on that with at Nazareth. Mom, did you do any student teaching? I did at Northampton High School and... 
I had my full experience there. I think I did 12 weeks there uh, with a chemistry teacher, and she was outstanding as well. I was very lucky to be placed with her. Oh, good. I didn't know that you actually went to Northampton. I thought you said you went to um, one of the schools in that area, but not Northampton. No, it was Northampton High School. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, that's pretty good. Do you believe that DeSales prepared you the most for your career? Like, what helped you the most at DeSales? Like, if it was, like, career services, if, like, that was bigger as it is now, or if it was, like, other institutional things, Dad? Do you have anything to say about that? Maybe Mom can correct me on this, but I don't think there was a career development office when we went to school. So a lot of what we had to do was right through our the education department, through the math department. So I just had great experiences with those professors and with the smaller class sizes. I think it gave us an opportunity as a group, as a cohort, because that's what you ended up doing is taking classes with the same group of students. We got to know each other and we were able to experiment and explore like teaching in front of people with them they were our students if you will and uh, it just made it a very easy experience mom i think there was career services but i don't think there was it as big an office as you have mm-hmm. i think that's a valuable resource i think there were people there that would help you write a resume but that was really all i can remember but through the education department and the for me, chemistry department, they got us with a good student teaching experience or a good co-op teacher. I remember doing field experiences at Bethlehem Catholic before, mm. prior to student teaching, and I vividly remember having to teach lessons in front of my peers, which I think was even more difficult than doing it in front of high school students. They could be a little bit more critical, but I don't remember if there was as much career services as you have now, which I think is outstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can say our career development center has gone through a lot of changes and have been more like developmental, I guess you could say. We've had more people join the office this year. We've had more advancements in our technology and more advancements in what we can offer. Like now we have a lot of job fairs. Like you said, you went to a job fair to get your Baltimore teaching job. We have job fairs with um, career centers at Moravian and Cedar Crest and us, we combine it. So we have a job fair with that and career internships and externships. We have a fair with that as well. Did you guys have a career closet? Do you know what that is? I do not know what that is. I have no clue. (laughs) So that's actually what we do when, like, let's say a teacher needs to go into an interview or start teaching. Um, They, we have free clothes that we provide from donations and other things like that. And we have it up and you can just sign up to get one and use, which I think is really cool. Oh my gosh. I vividly also remember trying to find professional dress while student teaching. That was actually pretty hard to do. Did you do that, Dad? I didn't have any difficulty finding clothes, but we definitely had to dress up. We, yeah. we were in shirt and tie pretty I, much every day. I think we, I remember being in very professional skirt, blouse, suit, dresses. It was far more dressier 30 years ago than it is today. Yeah. The teaching profession, for sure. Yeah, because usually most of the things that we do give is for, like, when they have interviews. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's a great asset to have at Absolutely. the university. Yeah. Another question that I've been actually kind of asking you is, like, do you believe that there are some growth areas in the field that you guys have, like, learned throughout your years of teaching? Like, Mom, how long have you been teaching again? Almost 30 years. Dad? 28. This is my 28th year. Yeah. Okay. So, um, obviously, there have been some advancements in, like, 
teaching styles and textbooks and technology like what do you think is like the most the like biggest growth area and if there are even more growth areas like what do you think well i can only speak on my experience that uh, when i first started it was very curriculum oriented very curriculum generated we had to as an algebra teacher had to make sure that we covered certain topics before the students left for the school year and although curriculum is still a huge component there's more of an emotional intelligence component that we're now made aware of. Critical thinking, hands-on experiences, and technology has definitely been a huge component since COVID took over. So it went from just, this is the curriculum, this is what drives our everyday lessons, to now a more rounded experience, uh, including those other items I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mom, so like with sciences... How has it been? Definitely technology. We can have equipment that we use with high school students that we would prior to this say, well, you might see this in college. Well, now you will, but we still have, ac- we now have access to a lot of that equipment and that technology. And as your dad said, the social emotional learning piece, building relationships with students and the critical thinking piece very are still very, very important. But I don't remember that being stressed as much in the beginning of my career as it is now. Building relationships with students is very important. Having a good rapport with students, very important. Yeah, because I believe like even in college, like if you have a good relationship with your professor, like it'll make the class like 10 times better. And definitely, especially with teaching, I know it can be hard to like keep track of all your students and figure out like who does what and things like that. But it's super important to keep that rapport up with your students. And I think that is a huge advancement, especially since like as me going through elementary and middle and high school and now college, like things have been getting like more like personal with like teachers and things like that. I remember in high school, like I always got asked like, what are my cross country meets? Or like, when are my choir concerts and things like that? Because they were curious and they wanted to know. Like back then, like I feel like that wasn't like a topic that you guys probably talked about with your students. I, I always liked athletics. So I was always um, asking students that from the beginning, but it wasn't, uh, let's just say it wasn't like expected of us or we weren't told by administrators to try to do that. That was just my nature to, mm-hmm. to I was drawn to the athletes and um, just finding out information. But now it's more of a, like, it's, it's told to us to do that. Right. And Speaking of athletics, I know both of you guys are athletes at DeSales. Mom, what did you do? I was on the cross-country team uh, for my four years at DeSales. Just like me. (laughs) And then Dad, I know you did athletics too. Yes, I was a member of the men's basketball team for a year under Coach Hutnick, and that was just prior to Coach Koval taking over. So that was uh, many years ago. Yeah, I remember I was talking to Coach Koval, and he was speaking to me how like you were there when he first started. So I thought that was really cool. Speaking for like the student athletes that are in teaching right now, did it help you to be an athlete? Did it, did it make it more challenging? I'm sure. But like, how did you get around some of those challenges, mom, especially? Very challenging to be an athlete and a science major and an education major or being ready to be, to do student teaching. But you had to be very, very confident with your time management. Mm. So I think that aspect was very helpful. It really taught you that you had to manage all your assignments in addition to getting ready to student teach and managing your odd times for labs and all of that it was and practices 
and workouts. It's a lot, but it did teach very good time management for sure. Mm-hmm. And dad, I know that you stopped playing basketball, but that was because of like teaching stuff, I'm sure, and math is very difficult, but I don't think that's a weakness in in any right to like just because you like quit an athletic sport or quit athletics or quit anything like that's not a weakness that's just finding what you need to do in order to succeed like how do you how do you feel about that yeah I I totally agree with that it was definitely a challenge as a math major to also be involved with athletics and I had to make a decision it was a a very difficult one but uh, it was definitely the right one Uh, and for all you student athletes out there Please make sure that you get the support that you need from um, not only just sharing your concerns with your coaches, but with your professors and the tutoring programs that are available for you on campus. And uh, I just felt um, that I needed to just focus on one thing. And thankfully, Coach Koval was very understanding of that when I approached him about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely a challenge. It, uh, you know, time management, all the things that your mom said. Um, are definitely uh, very important. And I still use some of those things today. Mm -hmm. And like with athletics, like you still are involved, like you were a coach for many, many years. And mom, you too, you both coached. Mm -hmm. So it's not like athletics totally went away after becoming a teacher, because as teachers, you guys do get opportunities to be coaches wherever you go. Yes, definitely. Correct. Yeah, because I know since mom, now you, you went to Easton, school district after you had Baltimore correct yes so were you able to be a coach after that or I when I was hired at Easton in 96 I started coaching track and field that year as that year or the following year very shortly after that for until you were born until the year you were born (laughs) and uh, I went on a little bit of a maternity leave then and so that's Mm -hmm. when I I stopped coaching I did go back to teaching that following year. I didn't go back to coaching, but I did go back to, I would help out with the track and field teams as their official or their starter or their announcer or general organizer of the track meet. So I still had my hand in it a little bit. And then when you guys came along, of course, getting both you and your brother interested in sports that gave us an opportunity to coach again or be involved again Mm -hmm. and be around that. And I know, Dad, you link a lot of coaching into your teaching, especially with basketball, since that was your main sport. How do you think that it helped you in your field of teaching math and being all involved in athletics and things like that? I use my experiences as a coach to help reinforce practice is like doing problems at home. You know, homework can't just expect to show up game day or on test day and expect to perform at your highest level without putting the work in at home. So I try to make those parallels all the time with the students. I also try to tell them that the work that we do in class before a test is more challenging than the test. And that's how we used to practice. We used to make practices even more challenging so that when the games rolled around, the game wouldn't seem as difficult because we made, like in basketball, you played six on five. So you would challenge the five guys to try to score against six people but then when you ended up in the game it was only five versus five so it actually made game a little bit easier so Mm -hmm. I always try to make my my classwork more complicated than the actual test right and I remember dad you were principal for as long as when I was born up till I was in middle school I believe so Mm -hmm. 
did that change a lot of how you acted with students or did it change like administrative things that you do now that you're back teaching? Did it change anything really? So I did it for 15 years. I was an administrator for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Then I'm now back in the classroom for this is my seventh year back. It definitely allowed me to see classwork or I should say like decision making in schools more as a holistic approach. I was able to see like the big picture Whereas a classroom teacher doesn't get the experiences to see what happens when a principal makes a certain decision. So definitely made me think more worldly about decisions and when they're made. And as far as time management, it definitely has impacted the way I do things, not only at school, but around the house, even in the grocery store. Because now it, as a principal, when you leave your when you leave your office and you go down a hallway, you got to go down there with a purpose and you can't get sidetracked and you can't, you know, decide to do other things because you will definitely lose focus and you won't get anything done. And it's just like when you go food shopping or you do anything in the in the house, when you go from point A to point B, you have to stay on track. Otherwise, you won't get things done. Very insightful, Dad. I really appreciate the analogies. You're welcome. <laughs> Mom and I were laughing the whole time. Okay, anyway. So the sales brought you two together, obviously, since you, me and my brother are around. Um, but since the sales like, kicked off your academic successes, where are you guys now? Mom? I am a chemistry and physics teacher at Whitehall High School, and I have been there since 2010. Yeah, 2010. I started out at Whitehall. I always had my chemistry certificate, but one of the teachers that has since retired was wise enough to say you should get another certificate just in case to make you more marketable. And I still loved physics, so why not? And as he retired, then I was able to take his schedule. So I've been there since 2010. And she helps me with physics every night, which is great. Dad? So I spoke a little bit on how you were a teacher at Easton, mm -hmm. and then you went to be a principal. Correct. And now you're back at the classroom. Correct. Where are you? I'm currently at Easton Area Middle School teaching seventh grade math. When I first started, I was also at the, now it's called, uh, well, then it was called Shawnee Intermediate School. That was for grades eight and nine, and I taught um, bruh. Then I was an assistant principal at Easton Middle School. And I actually became a head principal at one of the elementary schools, uh, Paxinosa Elementary School, for several years. And then I had an opportunity to return to the classroom, and I've been there ever since. And I can say that you have been a lot happier being back in the classroom, because I think teaching's your thing, personally. Yeah, definitely happier. It's not as stressful as being a principal. I loved what I did as a principal. I loved the people I worked with uh, and the students that I was able to meet and the community agencies that I worked with, but uh, it was time to make a, a move, and uh, I did, and I'm very happy I did that. Well, this concludes our episode. Thank you guys for talking with me. I think this was so fun, and I think hearing my parents' stories and figuring out like where I came from, um, if you know me personally and if you know me through other things on campus and things like that, um, now you know that my family is very work-oriented, and I'm very lucky and blessed to be able to talk with you guys and be a part of your family, so... Thank you guys for talking, and thank you for listening to Beyond the Tassel. I hope you guys enjoyed, and stay tuned for the next episode. But, Mom, Dad, thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Nina. Have a great one, everyone. Thank you once again for tuning into today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our honor to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to be a guest on the show, you can contact Melanie.Valone at DeSales.edu. 
And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.